Good morning. This is a little closer. It's kind of nice. Everybody's sitting right in the middle. Like I, I got a few people over here, so I got to keep kind of back and forth. But it's kind of like wow, bright shiny faces. How awesome was last week? Was that pretty awesome? Hearing from, um, be praying for Sid. Sid's still not feeling so well. I don't know if you saw that on the prayer chain, if you're on that. Um, but he's been been a little bit um, uh, this week. So he is feeling better today, but he didn't want to come and you know, be all, Boo. anyway. But um, it was great seeing uh, this group of, of veterans and first responders coming in. And, and it was an honor to be a part of the team last week to see life change happening. Um, word ministry is really something that you kind of have to experience to really get the full effect of it, but, but I mean, we can all know that it's a, it's a Jesus encounter. Um, it's an encounter with, with Jesus that it rocks your world, but it also gets you connected with other men. And men, how hard is it to get connected with other men? Pretty hard, right? We have a tendency to be islands unto ourselves, don't we? Have a tendency not to to make those kind of deep connections. And this is one of those ways that um, they do have men and, and women's um, word retreats. Um, and we are going to be involved in this in the future. Um, we might even be um, the sponsoring church for the next veterans um, word retreat. Um, been talking with some people about that. And um, I just really believe in it. I think that this is something that we can be a part of. But it's it's something beyond church. It's not, it's not a owned by any church, it, it's lifted up by all the churches in the valley here, um, supported by all the churches in the valley, um, and so I think we should be a part of it. Um, so we're, we're taking a little bit of a break, we've been going through the book of Acts, and um, okay, maybe I'm taking a little bit of a break to kind of catch up and get a little ahead, um, but also so that we can kind of talk about the typical things we talk about in the Thanksgiving and Christmas time, right? We, we usually have similar themes that we always go through, right? Um, I mean, we have to. We have to go through those themes. They're, they're themes that, you know, gratitude, thankfulness. It's something huge, right? And if we don't go through them in Thanksgiving time, when do we do that? Um, so we have a little short series we're going to go through on gra- um, grateful. And this morning the title is Gratitude is a Choice. And how true that is. Um, we... Our daughter, from the very beginning, Zoe, shy, painfully shy girl, has a hard time getting in front of people, speaking on microphones, or singing in front of anyone. Um, I'm going to bust that girl out of her shell. Um, we, we started with her really early with being grateful, being thankful. Um, if there's anything that I can be, a, a, as a papa, be proud of pouring into my daughter is that gratitude, being able to say thank you. Um, and I don't know why we got so, I mean, we, were, we really hammered it. We, we just made that something part of, of our everyday. Um, we do things sometimes like um, best part of the day. We like to, you know, uh, what was the best part of your day? Um, which kind of comes back from a, college group that we, we were a part of that I, I think I've told you before, we just, we were trying to wait for all the food to get ready, and I was like, well, uh, best part of the day, and went back into the kitchen, and, and it turned into this thing that we did every single week. Um, 
But there's something about gratefulness that, that breaks down that stuff of life that I was talking about. That stuff that I was saying, let's lay that at the altar. Because some of that stuff, and that can be things. That can be th- the things that we own, the things that we, we worry about. It can be our, our families. It can be our kids. How many of you know that you don't own your kids? That you can't fix your kids? <laughs> but the thing is, is they're God's, right? And if we can take and lay them down before God and say, hey, they're yours. I, I get the opportunity to be with them. I get the opportunity um, to thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And you mess them up, it's all you got. Right? Come on, come on. We have free will, right? Free will extends to a lot of things in our lives that I don't think we really pay attention to. We have the free will to be grateful. We can be grateful in all things. We can be grateful in how we respond to the world around us, can't we? And I think that gratitude is one of the most powerful choices that we can make beyond salvation, right? Because you know what? Where praise comes in is when we're thankful. Oh, lift up your heads, oh, you gates. The Lord of glory is coming in, right? Jeremy, paraphrase. Um, It's interesting because gratitude is a choice. I think sometimes it's like, I think we miss, like with other things in our life, I mean, we, love is a choice. Having joy in our life is a choice. And if you're not finding joy in your life, if you're not, if you're not feeling fulfilled in your life, these are all choices. If, you, if you're taking the choice to say, I don't feel fulfilled in my life, Lord, Maybe your expectations are in the wrong direction. Maybe your expectations, you've, you've got them way up here, and, and God wants you to be right here. And when you get to that place where you can shift your expectations and you can shift that, that gratitude where you're just grateful for each breath that he gives, every moment that you, you spend with him, every moment you spend with your families, every moment you get to spend out, in, out, out hiking around in the country we live in right here. Think about that. There's gratitude in that. And that is worship. Wor- worship. It came from an old English word, worthship. Is he worthy of your gratitude? I think he is. Gratitude shapes us. When we live in a grateful heart, when we live in that grateful place, it shapes who we are. It changes our outlook on life. And it can have the potential of changing others around us. You know that? When we have, when we have that gratefulness just exuding from us, painfully shy, if you're grateful and you're joy-filled for the things of life, what happens to people around you? Same thing, right? It 
it's easier to make those choices for people if they see somebody else making those choices. I mean, it's, it's the same if we choose to, to be depressed and choose to be in that, that slump, that painful place, and stay there and stew in it. People around us, what happens to them? Yeah. Our choices, our emotions, our spiritual countenance will impact other people, one way or the other. Wouldn't you rather be in a place of gratefulness? Gretchen's there. How do I live in gratitude, though? I've, I've got this pain. Some, you know, I, I had somebody that passed. I, 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 I you know, it, think about people that have, that have lost a limb or were born without limbs. How do they live a life of gratitude? It's a choice. You ever seen uh, Nick Vujicic? He has no arms, no legs. This guy has so much joy. He went for a world record on hugs at one of his events. He doesn't have arms or legs, but he got the world record for, for um, hugs. Pretty cool, right? And there's something about that. It's like, be a hugger. Don't be a non-hugger. You know who you are. Hugging, okay, you know what? I, I give hugs to guys, and, and, and they can be kind of awkward at times. I'm taking this from a pastor that I, I interned under, and I watched him do this for a while, and I just, it, it, I was like, man, you're just kind of annoying. Well, I mean, I, some people are like kind of they're like, uh, with that. And he said, but do you notice that they, they kind of chuckle about it a little bit? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, you got to understand. He gets all serious. And this guy is never serious. This is um, the worship leader that I, I, worship pastor I sat under, and um, he's always a jokester and all this, but he turns to me very seriously and he goes, here's the thing. Men don't know how to touch one another in the right way. So they don't at all. And men need to be able to hug one another, and I'm breaking down boundaries and walls that the Lord does not want to have in men's lives. So be a hugger. Hugging is okay. I see a lot of you are huggers, so that's good. That's that potential of changing other people around you and seeing people's lives shaped and changed and, 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 and changed for the better. To be walking in a place of gratitude means they're that much closer to walking with the Lord. You can walk in gratitude before you even know Jesus, right? But it gets you closer to that place. It gets people closer to being able to say, I get who Jesus is. Because Jesus walked in gratitude. Um, we're going to look, like I said, we're st- going away from um, Acts a little bit here, but we, um, Jesus and his di- disciples were traveling along. Um, my pages are not shifting. I'll try that again. <laughs> yes. No, this isn't Bible. <laughs> I'm stuck on the first page. Thank you. Thank you for the grace. And 
I'm grateful for you all. Yeah. Luke 17. We see Jesus. He's traveling along with the guys. He's knuckleheads. Um, and we, as we see them traveling all the time, they're kind of just walking along. Um, I, I, I get this picture. I, I love you, Gary. I'm not picking on you. But I, I get this picture that Gary would have fit in really well with these guys because they're just they're in sandals and they're walking around everywhere, hiking everywhere. They went up to the mountain a lot. They had to follow Jesus to the mountain. So I, I think that there's something about uh, discipleship and, and hiking. But uh, Luke 17, um, we see them on the road, and, and they're on their way to Jerusalem. And it says this. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, he, he was passing along between Samaria and, and Galilee. Samaria is where most um, Jews would go around. But they're going between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is a, this is a healing. Again, this is a different way of this miraculous thing happening. Because, I mean, we, we see that with, with, with vision being given, Right? He did it different ways. He didn't want us to have a model that this was done where we could say, oh, that's how it was done, so we're going to do it that way. Thankfully, because if he used the spitting into mud, that would have been a horrible way that we, we would heal people from, from blindness. I'm just going to spit on you. Just, just come here for a second. Um, but the first thought I have here is that gratitude begins in a place of need. Have you ever met somebody that, that has everything, has it all? I mean, they don't have to be, like, wealthy or anything, but they, they just seem to have it all. And, and, and have you ever seen how their attitude is? Sometimes. They want more. They don't, they don't really have a gratefulness in them. They're, there's almost like an expectancy that good things are going to happen, right? I mean, that's not bad. We should have an expectancy that the Lord is going to pour out in our life and in our community. And an expectancy is good, too. But when you have that expectancy that's kind of like, yeah, my life is charmed. It's kind of it's kind of hard, right? It's hard to sit with them a little bit. It feels a little weird because my life's not charmed. I have Jesus, but gratitude begins in this place of need. You see, third world countries. I don't know if you've ever been, but there's something amazing that happens when people come to the Lord in third world countries. Gratitude is like off the charts. Holy Spirit moving in their midst, off the charts. Because they're in a place of need, and they know that they need Jesus. I think in America, we get to the point where we, in some ways, we've got so much stuff that it distracts us, so much um, things that we, oh, I got this thing, I got that thing. And, and I'm not saying that we can't have stuff, so, so please don't hear that. It's not a, it's not a we, we need to be like a communist state and everybody needs to have the same stuff. That's, that's not the thing. It's more the fact that we have things that distract us from the fact that we still have the need of Jesus in our lives. The last church I was at before I came here was in Agora Hills, California. This is between Thousand Oaks and Calabasas. Calabasas is where you ever see Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Hopefully you're not binge-watching that. But um, the Kardashians lived in Calabasas. Kind of gives you an idea of the neighborhoods that, that we lived in. Um, Agora Hills was a place where a lot of people from the film industry lived. 
not not just like B-grade movie stars, but like people that worked and directors and, and all that. I lived in one of those towns where you would, you would drive around and you'd see houses going for a million dollars. And you would see um, these immaculate lawns and in a place where you're not really supposed to ha- have water for your, your lawns. Um, some of them were spray painted. Um, but I remember driving through one time with the youth and, and some people had their their garage doors open. And you couldn't fit a car in those garage doors because they had so much stuff shoved into there. And it's kind of interesting to me because you can go anywhere in the country and see the same thing. Maybe not the same price for houses, but people kind of shoving stuff in and, and kind of like we do in our lives, we kind of shove the stuff in and we kind of hide it behind a garage door. And I'll tell you what, people in that area needed Jesus just as much as people in the third world did. And to see that and then to drive into Tijuana and see life there, I almost would rather live in Tijuana. Because of the gratitude you'd see in people. And how gratitude can change you. See, the thing is is that um, when you see these ten lepers go away. They, they go away being healed. Um, and in a sense, and the story goes on, it, it shows that gratitude actually is a rarity. It says here, 17, 15 through 19, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan, these are the people that Jewish people would avoid. Then Jesus answered him, We're not ten cleansed, cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Second thought is that gratitude must recognize the source of grace. You can live in a, a, a grateful life. You can live a thankful life. But a truly grateful life, a life that, that really can sense and, and, and experience grace is one that recognizes the source of that grace that makes us grateful. Recognize that it was Jesus, that it is God that is changing us, that is making us new. There's something profound that took place in the heart of this one leper he, he recognized the source of grace in Jesus. And now Jesus is not su- um, surprised by this at all. He's not surprised by this guy coming back. You know, kind of sounds like it the way he's talking, right? He's like, hey, what, what happened to the other nine? But he's kind of being, he's, he's got these rhetorical questions that he's asking. He knows what happened to them. They got healed and got distracted by life. They're going back to all their stuff, Right? They're going back to their, their families. They're going back, look at me, I'm cleansed. Like, I mean, I don't think this guy even made it to the, to the priest to be released to go back to his family. He saw that he was healed as he was going, and he came back. And he fell on his face before Jesus. These questions that Jesus asked, he asked those questions for the benefit of everyone else around. This was a learning opportunity for the disciples and those that were following. He's pointing directly to the lesson 
without actually pointing directly to the lesson. Does that make sense? He's going, well, this guy's a foreigner, and he gets gratitude. Huh. Where's those other guys? Why aren't they here? Giving great, grateful, thankful praise to God. There's a verse that, that I believe is, is, is God's aspiration for us. His aspirational, uh, you, know, you know that God has aspirations for us? You know that he, he has these, these, these thoughts of us like, this is what I want to see them doing. He has a plan for you, you, you know that? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know it's, some people will say, oh, that's a promise for them back then. But you know what? Scripture is a promise for us as well, is it not? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. He has aspirations for us. And the, the thing about this, these aspirations that he has for us is that He, he has these aspirations that he puts out into, into life. Um, we see it in the word. We see it in how he calls us. And, and the thing is, is he has aspirations for us, but he has it also, the, there's this verse, is aspirational, and it's a model for us um, to follow as we walk out this life of being. You know how we've talked about that? Not just being a life of doing. We, we get to do. I mean, when you're being, you, you end up doing. But if you just spend time doing, you don't get an opportunity to be. There's that whole idea of becoming like Christ. Sir? Okay. Just making sure. I, got, I, was, I wasn't sure. This was getting a little quiet. Tumbleweeds rolling in the back. But as we walk out this life of being, this is the verse. It's 1 Thessalonians 5. 16 through 22, says this, Rejoice always. When is that? When is that? Is that like in the afternoon? Is that like in the morning? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. When is that? Always. Again, okay, so not ceasing, not stopping. There's this prayer lifestyle that we need to be in. Um, give thanks in all circumstances. I think we've got a theme going on here. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. So not doing those things. Do you think that quenches the spirit? Okay. So we, we're kind of tearing this apart a little bit. Do not despise prophecies. Yeah. Have you ever uh, been someplace where somebody does a prophetic word and people are like, squirming a little bit. Good. Prophecy should do that. But we shouldn't despise prophecies. But it says, it goes on, it says, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Let me go back to this a little bit. Rejoice always. There's, a, there's another verse that says, rejoice always. And again I say, rejoice. Well, if we're rejoicing always, why does it have to be reminded? I mean, if you look at Scripture, we're reminded a lot about things, right? Anytime that, that, that God repeats himself, or anytime there's a therefore, you've got to find out what the therefore is there for. You've heard that, right? Come on. 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Who's the you? All of us. So we're to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. So if somebody shares a prophecy, we test it. We test it by what? And spirit, the word and the spirit. Because the thing is, is if it does not resonate with the word and it does not resonate with our spirit, we chuck it. But we don't despise somebody that's speaking out in prophecy. Have you ever noticed when somebody that's sharing prophecy that you know that it rings true? Generally, those people that are sharing prophecy are like, um, i got to share this with you and... You know what I'm talking about? They usually feel reluctant to share it. You ever heard of any other reluctant prophets? There's a whole book on one. Yeah? Well, there's another one, too. You said Jeremiah. I heard that. Who else? Jonah. Oh, the perfect example of reluctant prophets. The third thought here is that And the thing that I want you to pick up from here is that gratitude takes lots of practice. Gratitude takes lots of practice. We have to be grateful, and we have to practice being grateful. Sometimes we have to say thank you, God, for things that we're not feeling so thankful about. Anybody had moments like that? We have to be grateful in all things. Does that mean in the bad things, too? Does that mean in the painful things we need to be thankful? We need to praise? That's the hardest time to do it. But it's the best time to do it. Because if we give praise to God in those moments, we can give praise in the moments where we can celebrate easily. And his his spirit helps us. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, God, build up my faith. You know that you can pray that for just about anything that we're following after Jesus in? You can pray, God, build up my gratitude. Build up my ability to praise. Build up my ability to worship. Build up my ability not to be a glum. Everybody in here has been a glum at some point, right? You've been like, like they had the Saturday Night Live did the Debbie Downer. Okay, there's only a couple, so a couple people that has seen that. There's this little skit on Debbie Downer, and she's always the one. They'd be like, hey, we get to go to Disney World. And she's like, well, there's probably mosquitoes. We've all been that way, right? And we can pray for those things that we have been that, you know, that may be part of our our nature in, in the flesh, but are not a part of our nature as sons and daughters of a living God. We are the people that should be living a life different from this world to the point where people go, I want that. I want that right there. They have all sorts of garbage happening to them, but they still are thankful. They're still filled with grace for other people. They don't cut people off in traffic. Hopefully. 
But there, there is something about, there's something about that. That thankfulness that leads to praise. That gratitude that leads to standing before the Lord, right? In the midst of pain. Anybody have like knee issues or back issues? Anybody not? Maybe that's a better way. We'll start there. But have you ever, have you ever, ever like pushed through the pain because of something you wanted to experience? You push through, like for that, that kid doing soccer or whatever, you know, you're just like, yeah, you're doing so good. Oh, my Lord. Ugh. Have you ever done that? Wouldn't it be even better to be doing that with the Holy Spirit at your back? There are times where you just say, Lord, help me with this. Help me with this pain so that I can be there for my son or my daughter or I can be there for, for that friend. And then suddenly you're, you're like sitting there, like you've been like going, ah, oh, and then you're, you're there going, hey, yeah, and you're like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. That's a miracle. Don't discount that. And it may be a miracle for a moment. It may be you're healed for that moment to be there for that person, and then you go home and you're like, oh, Lord God. And you're praying again. Pray without ceasing. Along with being aspirational, being grateful takes work. Oh, we hate it when it says it takes work. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's work to it, right? Gratitude takes work, too. Our faith takes work. This life takes work. In this season, it may be easier to think about being grateful. Thanksgiving, I mean, there's some family. We get family around us, and we feel more thankful. And we see all the little commercials or, you know, jingles or go into the store and just see a bunch of turkeys. I mean, um, that, that, yeah, that kind of covered a couple of things there. Um, but we, we maybe have an easier time of thinking of thankfulness in this season. But I think we still need the reminder. We still need the reminder to, I mean, we just had this video. Did that break anybody up at all? Gratitude. Being grateful for people that have served our country, even to the point paying with their life. And every single person that is still alive that has been a part of that, we should be grateful for them. There's a generation, there's a, there's a time that we are, we are, there's egg on our face, there's cake on our face, there's, there's poop on our face from treating them as poorly as we did. And there is no gratitude amount that is too much to make up for that. So we are grateful for things like that, right? People like that. We're thankful to the Lord for for how much he has blessed our country. And I know that if we we turn away from from him, that that blessing is going to turn away. But he has had his hand of favor upon our nation, on our veterans, on our, our citizens, 
on our churches, on our homes, on our, on our communities. He has had his hand of favor on us, and we can be grateful. But what happens if we live in a land where we need to be grateful in the midst of, of not having that hand of favor on our nation? Still the favor on the church and still the favor on his people, but we should be grateful even in those moments too. Gratitude, the thing about gratitude, gratitude lends to praise and thanksgiving. Gratitude, it lends to, to that place of, of, of thanksgiving and praise. And it leads to a state of walking in grace as we recognize the, pur- the purveyor of our grace in our lives. Go ahead and set your things aside. I think that this may be something that we've, we've seen a lot of times in, in, in Thanksgiving um, season of, of being grateful, of being thankful, but I think we need to see it as though we're, we're seeing it again anew. We need to re-examine how grateful we are. Re-examine how thankful we are for family, for for the stuff that distracts us, for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we get a lot of stuff in this country, and we're blessed, and we should be grateful for that. We have life, we have liberty, and we can pursue the happiness that, that our, our forefathers wanted us to be able to do in this country. We can still do that for the moment. But we're not home yet. And I think gratitude is also a way where we're, as we experience the things of this life, as we walk through the things of this life, it's, it's, it's those mileposts for us as we walk towards eternity. We're, we're, we're doing what, the, what the, um, the people of Israel did when they got to a certain point where something happened, good or bad. They would stack up a bunch of stones. They say, that happened there. I mean, there's a point where you probably get, um, where was that one thing happened? Because there's just so many rocks stacked up. But that was gratitude. That was gratefulness. It took work. It took work to take those stones out of the bottom of the Jordan River, right? And to stack them up on the other side when they were led into, the, into that land that was flowing with milk and honey. And giants, right? But there's something about mile markers for us. And those mile markers are our gratitude. Those moments of praise. Those moments of worship of God. So as you go in this season, and you get into the busyness, and you get into the dis- distractedness of this season, Lay down that stuff for a moment. If you can't do it every day, every other day. If you can't do it every other day, every three days. Find a moment. Set it aside and go, God, I'm setting aside this mile marker right now for you to be be thankful for you, the grace you've given us, the, the peace you've given us. You've given me. Because that will change you and it will change people around you because people will sense that in you. Amen?
Won't you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we have this opportunity to celebrate you. God, and as we go out this week, we pray that you would prompt us, prompt our hearts to set stuff aside and pick up you. Set our things aside, set, set our life aside, and, and pick up you and, and to praise you and to thank you for that other stuff that's happened, good or bad. We praise you today. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our midst, in our community, and everywhere at large. Now, if there's somebody in here that maybe you're listening to all this and you're like, how do I get that relationship? I, I'd really like to have that relationship you're talking about with Jesus where, where I can have my gratitude and my faith and everything else built up when I pray. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Give me a little eye contact here and we'll, we'll pray together. Love you, brother. Thank you, brother. If that's you, just raise your hand and we'll pray. Jesus, we thank you for uh, moving in our midst, and we pray, God, that you would shore up our foundations, build up our faith, build up our, our thanksgiving, and go before us, that we would be more and more thankful and grateful for all that you do. We thank you in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Before you go, um, understand that Billy's back there with a, a basket bouncing on his head. Um, for our missions. So if you are giving to missions, great. Drop that in there with him. Um, otherwise, go out and, and fellowship with one another, and we'll call you back for the wedding here just in a little bit.